All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 2 this morning. I thought I'd get the pulpit about 20 minutes after, but Jason was so long-winded on the announcements that I'm not going to get it that early, and I was so long-winded on my explanation of everything, so we're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to meet for church, and I tell you what, I, I want to do this. Now, do shake your hands with your wife. I mean, you can even kiss her. Be fine. Praise God. But uh, th that does not extend to that. So, okay, man, we need a little more affection around here. But uh, do it with your wife. Praise God. Reminds me of a, a fellow that one time said, I'm going to do something special for your anniversary. And uh, the lady came and said, I want some, I want, it's, our, it's our 30th anniversary. We're going to do something special uh, for our anniversary. And I really, want to, I really want to do something special. And she said, I want to go to some place that we don't go very often. I mean, some special place. And he looked at her and said, well, how about the kitchen? But anyway, uh, you'll get that later. So a lot of you are going to have to um, eat at home. Amen. That's going to be great. Praise God. Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. And uh, we're going to be preaching on Rahab. It's a tremendous chapter in the book of Joshua. Matter of fact, uh, verse 10 says they waited three days. I believe God wanted them to wait for one more soul to be saved. Amen. And a whole household. And that's a blessing. So let's stand on the word of God. We're going to read a few verses this morning. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim the two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into the harlot's house, the harlot's, and harlot's house named Rahab, and lodged there. And it wasn't for immoral reasons, it was for practical reasons, because nobody would notice them if they went into a harlot's house. Get it? And it was told that the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither to night and children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee with an, uh, that are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wish not whence they were. A little fib. And he came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when he was dark, it was dark, that the men went out, whether the men went, I won't not, pursued after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. And she, said, and she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, that's very uh, significant, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to J Jordan and to the fords, and as soon as they had pursued after them, they were gone out, they shut the gate. And behold, and before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. And we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you. And when you came out of Egypt, and, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites, and they were on the other side of of Jordan, Sihog and Og, uh, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness in my father's house and give me a true token and that ye will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, 
my sister and all that have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And ye shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that ye will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by the cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall. Notice that. It was on top of the wall, and she dwelt among the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest ye pursuers meet you, and hide yourself there three days until pursuers be returned, and afterwards may ye go your way. And the man said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made of us swear. Behold, when ye come into the land, thou shalt bind the line of the scarlet thread in the window, which thou just let us down, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household coming to thee. It shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of that house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and he will be guiltless, and whatsoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on thy head, and if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will quit. Of, we will be quit of thy oath, uh, quite of the, which which thou hast made of us to swear. And she said, according to the words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window, and they went and came into the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all the things that beheld him. They said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered unto our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. You may be seated as I pray. Father, bless this message. Use it for your glory. And God, save a soul that's listening by way of internet or that's here lost. God, help us to be testimonies that melt people's hearts. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Once there was a rough, uncultured man who, for some unknown reason, fell in love with a beautiful vase in a window shop. Uh, he must have been an unusual man to like any kind of shopping. Uh, taught on that in uh, the retreat this week. And eventually he taught the... He bought the, the vase and put it on a mantelpiece in the room. And once it was there, it became, became kind of a judgment on his surroundings. He had to clean up the room to make it worthy of the vase or the vase. The curtains looked dingy beside it. The old chair with the stuffings coming out of the seat would no longer suffice. The wallpaper and the paint needed redoing. Gradually, the whole room was transformed. And when you put Christ in the mantle of your heart, your whole life is transformed as well. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, but all old things become new. I want you to see the transformation in this chapter very briefly. Joshua sent two spies into the city to examine uh, the, the, the uh, terrain and also the people. And uh, he said, go into a harlot's house. That was not an immoral act. It was a practical act because the sight of men entering to a harlot's house would probably not be noticed. And so Rahab demonstrated the uh, demonstration of the power of God to transform lives ought to speak to our hearts. I want to ask you a question. Are you saved? If you are, your life has been dramatically changed. 
I mean, there is a change, and that's why I requested that song. It's not in our song book. It should be. We're going to get new song books, or we'll just keep it on the wall. Since Jesus came into my heart, oh, what a difference Jesus makes. And I want you to know we should rejoice in the great change that the Lord's made in our life. Uh, we have a new want to. We have a new desire. I believe if you're right with God, you can't stand missing church. Say amen. I mean, you love it. Uh, you don't read your Bible. One day you get under conviction about if you're really close to God, if you really want to be close to God. But folks, salvation radically, totally changes your life. It's not just a flare prayer. It's not jailhouse religion and then going back the same way, Brother Larry. It's a change of life. It's a repentance is necessary for salvation. You turn your life over to the Lord. He's Lord. I don't mean that you have to have everything right. We, we don't believe in lordship salvation as Brother Jason taught the teachers this morning in, Sunday, in the leadership meeting. But we do believe that when you turn to God, he is Lord. And you need to submit to it as Lord. And it's going to take time to grow. And some people, it takes a whole lot more time than others. But I want you to see about three or four things about Rahab, and I hope it will stir your heart. And I hope that you'll also examine your heart and see if you're really saved. Number one, Rahab had a spiritual condition. She was a defiled sinner. Rahab sold her body for money. That's about as low as you can get. That is about as wrong as you can, you can get. Her life was one of complete depravity, complete wickedness. But I want to say this, friend. You don't have to be a harlot to be lost. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. None is righteous, no, not one. Uh, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. This verse uh, is pungently uh, bl uh, blatant about our condition as lost people. No matter how religious we might think we are or how good we might think we are, the Bible says, but the scriptures has concluded all under sin and that promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. All of us are under condemnation. All of us are sinners. None is righteous. No, not one. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 64, our righteousness is as filthy rags. No matter how religious you get, no matter how good you might be, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3, that you're alienated, that you're enemies of God, that you're children of disobedience, and you're dead in your sins and trespasses. And so folks, I want to tell you, when he found you, you wasn't just getting better you wasn't just turning over a new life or a new leaf. You wasn't just making some kind of uh, um, uh, joining the church or making some little flippant commitment. You were giving your life to Jesus. And he gave his life to you. And when he moves in, praise God, there is a difference. You sing different. You act different. You count churches different. I appreciate it. What Brother Jason was teaching the teachers when we have a reverent spirit when we come to church. That don't mean dead, that means respectful. And we ought to have the Bible in our hands, say amen. When a preacher preaches a Bible, you ought to be looking at the Bible, say amen. You ought to not be looking at your text, you ought to not be looking at your girlfriend's picture, and you shouldn't be looking around, and you shouldn't be looking at your palm because you don't read palms. You ought to look at the Bible, say amen, and check this preacher out by the word of God because if it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual, say amen. A lot of people have a real hootenanny at church. They have a real great praise gathering, but it's not scriptural. There's no preaching, and their doctrine is wrong. And that's abomination to God. And folks, Rahab, he did, she didn't have all that advantages of church, but praise God, 
she had this advantage. God loved her. Amen. I hated so bad, Brother Chris. It just broke my heart to stop that bus. I mean, I agonized over it. They'd already visited. I said, praise God, they're going to all get mad at me because they visited. But the visit wasn't in vain. Uh, a parent came, came to the front door and dropped off her child. And we invited him to come in. They said, well, we don't have time to come in. But she wanted to come to church. Amen. I thank God for that. But our, our labor is not in vain, even though we didn't get to run those. Buses. And they look very bored today because they're about ministering. Amen. Once you get in the ministry, just sitting in a pew is boring. Praise God. I mean, you ain't got no kids screaming and yelling and going out and rescuing them and refereeing and, and breaking up fights. Man, that's exciting. Praise God. Listen, I want to tell you something, friend. If we didn't have children here, we'd be real clean and neat. But folks, up where there's an oxen, the stall needs to be cleaned out. Dr. Sexton preaches that once a year to his church to remind them with all the, and if you've ever been up there, Faith, you ever been up there? I mean, but if you've ever been up there, praise God, it's, a, it's immaculate. It's the greatest biblical museum you could ever go to, just their lobbies. I'm serious. It is unreal. But he says, hey, listen, we're going to run those old buses, and if you complain about the, uh, the, the, the ox crib being sloppy, just go ahead because we're going to keep that because you know why? Clarence Sexton was a bus kid when God found him. Amen. So let's pray, for, let's pray for healing around here so we don't have to keep those buses from going because it's boring without those kids. Amen. It really is. I love them. I want them here. It's only hope they got. It's only break they have some of them. It's only daylight they have some of them. Thank God. Rahab was a dead sinner. That's why the Bible says in John 5, 24, we pass from death into life. Rahab was a doomed sinner. Uh, her city had already been selected for destruction, Deuteronomy chapter 20. God had already passed sentence on this whole, whole, whole city called Jericho. But folks, God's passed sentence on us. Look at John 3.18. You know John 3.16, don't you? Well, look at John 3.18. John 3.18. I don't know how Brother... Uh, Jeremy does this but he covers a whole chapter in one service amen because he knows he's only got 11 more or 11 total and it was good I watched it while I was driving uh, yesterday shouldn't have been doing that but it was good uh, John 3.18 please the Bible says this it says he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath believed on the name, because he hath not believed on the name of the whole, only begotten Son of God. Go to verse 36, John chapter 3. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son hath not, hath, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you're lost, you're dead, you're defiled, and you're doomed. And that's the way Rahab was. But oh, how gracious God is. God had given her 40 years of grace, 40 years of mercy, and 40 years of warning. And folks, God's given you a whole lot more. And the Bible says that we ought to not send the day of grace away. That the day is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. The Bible says you can harden your heart against salvation, against the Savior. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 3, God's spirit will not always strive with man. Not always strive with man. 
There's a danger of procrastination when it comes to salvation. Nobody intends to go to hell, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. One day, after I party, after I eat and drink and be merry, and that's exactly what happened to the people in the days of Noah. They were knocking on that door saying, let me in, but the door, Genesis 9, 6, was closed. One day, the door is going to be closed. You better get saved now. Say amen. How many of you got saved before the age of 25? Raise your hand. Before age of 25, look at that. That's everybody but a few of you. And it's the grace of God you were saved after 25, amen? The odds go down. 85% of all people get saved before the age of 14. That's why we run those buses. But Rahab had, some, had a spiritual failure. And it wasn't just a failure, it was a total condemnation upon her life. Not because she was a harlot, because she was a sinner. Number two, Rahab had a, and her spiritual freedom. Look at verse 10. The Bible says, And we heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the sea before you. Rahab speaking to those spies. When you came out of Egypt, and what you did uh, to the two kings, and, he, and you utterly destroyed them. And so she'd heard, and folks, I want to tell you something, this message of judgment she heard too. And she was introduced to the living God because somebody, I don't know if it was somebody that was um, uh, saw it or witnessed and came back to Jericho and told her about it, but the message is a message that ought to convict. The death, burial, and resurrection needs to be brought to a lost and dying world. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something, friend. In the flesh, I could say, Amy, Mark, get the kids early and get out of there because that virus is about to break out. And when it does with all the HIV and all the junk that's going on and all the lack of medical, and the hospitals are terrible there compared to America, Ms. Danielle. They're terrible in the third world country. Just get out of Dodge. Just go ahead and come on home. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. She didn't go over there to be comfortable or safe. She went over there because the gospel is the only hope for those people. And we ought to pray to, pray to God that we'd be a, a little more steadfast here in the good old United States of America where we got um, hand clean, cleanser in every Walmart, except the five that I checked yesterday that made me have a seven-hour trip looking. No, uh, you can't find it. Amen. But we got soap. Say amen. We got hot water. And some of those people over there in Africa, they don't even have soap or water. Say amen. And folks, it's dangerous. Matter of fact, if that virus breaks out in South Africa and some of the third world countries, it's going to wipe out the whole community. It will. And so folks, you ought to thank God you live where you live. But you ought to thank God for those like the nurses, the doctors, the, the uh, teachers in our church that, uh, that go into these areas and risk their health to do what God's called them to do. And so, friend, listen, John 3.16 is a great message. For God so loved the world. Why? Because the world's condemned. The world's under the wrath of God. And folks, I want to tell you something. She found freedom because the gospel will set you free. Say amen. The gospel will set you free. So what did, what did Rahab uh, accept? Well, look at verse 9. It's not what, it's who. Verse 9 says, And she said unto them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. She accepted 
the Lord. You know what the word Lord means? Jehovah. She accepted Jehovah in the Hebrew. You know what that's saying? She believed that God was God, God is God. And I want to tell you something, friend, that is essential for your salvation. You must believe that Jesus is God. Say amen. And that God has raised him from the dead. But he never ceased to be God. A lot of people just want to believe that he's an emergency rations. That he's a rescue vehicle. He's a first responder of their terrible life. Folks, he's God. And when you receive him, God will change your life. She called him Lord. It's a covenant name, Jehovah. In verse 11, she expressed her faith. Look at it. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did they remain any more uh, courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Here's a harlot, now a saved uh, saint of God, confessing that God is the God of heaven and of earth. Look at verse 12. It says, and now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord. He said, we're gonna make a, we're gonna make a, a pact. We're gonna make an agreement that you're gonna save my family and I'll save your hide right now. I'll get you out by this rope that I've made. It wasn't a thread, it was a rope. Threads never held a 175-pound man. This is some good threads. But it was woven. It took a lot of work. And folks, I want to tell you something. She heard the message, and she acted on it. They must hear the message, but they must accept it. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You'll never get saved unless you hear the gospel. Unless you, and that's why we ought to take our Bible on soul winning, amen? Brother Eddie called me this morning, Brother Eddie King said, could you help us uh, on a Saturday, the last Saturday of this month, saturate our community? I said, we'll be glad to. Now, we might, might put it off a couple of weeks, but praise God, we can always hand a track out, an invitation to Believer's Baptist Church, and run before they get to the door. But I want to help another church, don't you? It's not about our church. It's not about building our church. It's about building other churches and helping other churches. It's about sending missionaries. It's about getting the gospel out before it's too late. Somebody needs to be saved. Stop for a moment and think about what Rahab did not have. She did not have a Bible. She did not have a church. She never met a missionary. She didn't hear a gospel sermon. Uh, she didn't hear a gospel song. Some people respond when... They're singing more than they do preaching. She never read a gospel track. She was living in the heart of a pagan city, living a wicked life with no knowledge of God, but God in his grace opened her heart, allowed her to hear something about him, and her heart melted, melted. Folks, I want to tell you something. We ought to have a testimony that melts other people's hearts. You know what that testimony is? That you love God and that you love others, that you love this word, that you love this book, that you love your church, that you love each other. And by their love for one another, uh, they'll know that we are his disciples. Look at what you have in America. You have the Bible. You have a church. And when you can't come to church, 
Praise God for you shut-ins listening this morning. That's what it's designed for. You have an internet, and you have a broadcast, and we have comfortable pews. They're very comfortable. When we first remodeled, I said, man, these, these pews are hard as a rock. They're going to keep everybody awake. I said, good, praise God, that's great, amen. We got new carpet, we got, it looks nice. We got lights everywhere. Praise God, let there be light, amen. We got beautiful music. Uh, talented people playing music for the glory of God. Look what you got. We got America that we're free to worship. We don't have to worry about somebody coming in here and shutting us down. I appreciate what our governor said. He said, I suggest you stay home, but I'm not telling you to. I said, good, because you told me to stay home. I'd, I'd vote you out. Amen. I care what it is. But she, he suggested, and I took some of his suggestions. But I want to tell you something. We've got to be led of the Spirit. And Rahab merely acted on what she had heard and how she felt and God, what she knew. And she knew this. He's the God in heaven and above. Look at verse 11. And in earth beneath. She says, I live in a pagan society. I've given my body, which belongs to God, to men for money. But I know God is real. And somewhere, somehow, even before these two spies come, they didn't win her to the Lord. She's already saved, and it's a good thing she was. She got saved. I believe she, if she can get saved, you can get saved. I believe anybody can get saved. I don't believe there's any hard cases in God's economy, do you? Then third of all, Rahab and her spiritual fulfillment. Look at verse 12. It says, And now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will show kindness in my father's house and give me a true token, that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. She knew she was doomed. She knew the whole, whole, the whole city was doomed. The whole country was doomed. The whole kingdom was doomed. And I'll tell you, there's some proof of genuine conversion here. Number one, she was involved in the work of the Lord. She started serving God. She helped those spies stay alive. And she helped them escape. Folks, I want to tell you something. Faith without works is dead being alone. Works don't save you but works tell people you're saved. Amen. Your faithfulness tells people a lot. Your neighbors look at you every Sunday and they see if you're faithful in season, out of season. They see if you're faithful when it's raining and pouring down and snowing. They're, they're looking at your faithfulness on Wednesday night when they said, man, why does people have to go back on Wednesday night? They went on Sunday. They see it. They see it. They hear of it. A changed life is evidence of salvation. But folks, serving God and loving God is an evidence of salvation. They know that you pass from death and life because you love the brethren, the Bible says, 1 John 3, 18, 14. It was a changed life. I want you to notice that um, when these spies were trying to escape because the king found out that they were in the country, that she hit them Verse 6, in a, on the roof of, with stalks of flak. She had laid in order upon the roof. Now that wasn't roofing. Flak was used to make linens. I believe she had a new occupation, say amen. 
I, believe, I just believe she had a new income. I don't believe she was a harlot when the spies knocked on her door. Now the kingdom and the king probably didn't know that yet, but praise God, I believe her life had already been changed. She's in the linen business. And folks, the Bible even notes it in James chapter two. Would you turn there with me? James chapter two, verse 25. James notes that Rahab was changed and changed drastically and changed uh, uh, radically. Verse 25 of James 2, you with me now? I know my time's up, but praise God, I'm gonna preach about 10 more minutes because we ain't got no place to go. We ain't got no sports to watch. Praise the Lord, we got time for Jesus. Amen, praise the Lord. Some people have more withdrawals from the uh, ACC tournament being counseled than they have church being counseled. Let me preach there a little bit. March Magnus has been counseled. It's the end of the world. I'll tell you what would be the end of the world if we had to counsel church to me. I want to go to church. Amen. But praise God. I appreciate your faithfulness. This is a great crowd. The Bible says in verse 25, James 2, you with me? Everybody got your Bible? We're not, amen. Let's go now. Check me out. And sometimes I'll read the wrong verse. I need your help. Amen. But look at verse 25. It says, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. He just said that Abraham was justified by works. Now you say, oh, there it is. You got to work for your salvation. You got to work to keep your salvation. And if you believe that lie, uh, you need to believe the truth. You don't lose your salvation because you didn't work for it and you can't unwork for it, amen? It's a gift of God. It's eternal life. Eternal life means eternal. But folks, they were justified before men. Abraham was justified before men. The Rahab the harlot was justified before men. And I'm gonna tell you something. This is sort of neat. Pardon the expression. James elevates the faith of Rahab right next door to Abraham. The father of all faith, he commends Rahab. You know what that shows me? The Lord loves you regardless of where you're at and what you've done and how rich you are or how poor you are or how black you are or how white you are or how brown you are. God loves you. God loves you no matter what you've done. And folks, we don't have to be an Abraham all religious. We can be like Rahab just saved because we know there's a living God and accept the testimony that melts our heart. And she was, she was, um, she, she, she was fulfilled by her labor, but she was fulfilled by her love. Look at this. I think the Christian life is the most fulfilling life in the world. If you're trying to find fulfillment in anything or anyone else, you are barking up the wrong tree. That's why I, I, I preached for the last two weeks. Traveled seven hours yesterday to get back. And I'll do it again to help one couple realize they cannot build their own marriage. They must have the Spirit. They must have the Spirit. It's a spiritual union. It's intensely Spirit. We need God in our marriages. You cannot do it on your own. You will fail. You'll divide and devour each other. You'll manipulate it the best. Praise God when the Spirit's there. Whew, it's wonderful. How many love your wife say amen? amen? That was a place for you to say amen. Amen. Now you're going to eat a sandwich at home. But anyway, look at this. Verse 12 and 13. She was fulfilled in her love. Verse 13, she says, and, 
and that ye will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, my sister, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And folks, I want you to know that immediately Rahab's concern was for her family. There's something wrong with you that say that you've been saved, and you don't care a flip about souls. You never went soul winning. You never went knock on doors. You never witnessed anybody. You never carried a track in your pocket. I'd check up and see if I was saved. You say, no, I'm shy. Well, then go witness the shy people. Praise God, go mail it. Hey, I'll tell you what you can do. Take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. 20 people will comment about it. They might like it. <laughs> or they might criticize you, and that'd be good too. Stand for Jesus on Facebook. Praise God. I feel a message being developed already. But I'm going to say this. Her heart was moved for her family. We get saved. We don't have to sit sour and soak in this pew. We're to go after the lost. And her first evidence of being saved was, can you, take, can you reach my daddy? Can you reach my mama? Can you reach my brother, my sister? Could you reach this whole household? Boy, it happened. God blessed. Andrew went and got Peter. Praise God, the Gadarean maniac, he just wanted to stay in church all the time. He just wants to sit at his feet all the time. And you know what the Lord said in Mark chapter 5? Go and publish what's happened to you. I want to publish it. She was fulfilled in her love, but she was fulfilled in her life. God blessed her. I'll close with this. She placed her faith in the Lord God of Israel. This pagan! She obtained some precious possessions. God blessed her. How many... Know that God's blessed you since you've been saved. And she got a new reality. Look at verse 20. It says, and thou, and, and thou utter this our business, then we will quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. Joshua chapter 2, verse 21. And she said, according to your words, so be it. And, the tent, and it says, and she sent them away and they parted and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Oh, friend, listen. She got, a, she got a new life. She got a new helper. You know, folks, I would be panicking, I would be pitiful, and I'd be scared to death, but I got God with me. I don't mean I don't need to wash my hands. I don't mean I'm going to go in a, in a crowded uh, subway somewhere or, or in a crowded area. We'll even pray in this auditorium tonight and let you spread out one to a pew if you want. If you don't, don't let fear keep you from faith and praying for others. But I want to tell you something, friend. Jericho fell, but she and her family was spared. And it was the section held by the, the, the section of the wall that held Rahab's house did not fall. I've already preached it always, and they walked 13 times around, and the whole thing fell down, not according to the Bible. One section didn't. And I want to tell you what that section was covered with. A scarlet rope. Amen? And I've heard so many messages, I don't like preaching like that, but, man, you know, like donkeys and all kinds of stuff, you know, that's, uh, you know, um, metaphors. I, just, I don't like that. I just like to preach verse by verse. You can preach that way. And everybody's saying the scarlet rope is the blood of Jesus. I'll never forget one time I was preaching on the blood of Jesus. This crazy lady jumped up right during the invitation. And she says, 
that was a great message, Brother Wayne. I said, oh, my, what's he going to say next? And she looked over, and there were stains coming down the carpet. On her side. Our auditorium was so big down in Claxton, we had to have carpet to keep the sound bouncing off the walls. And it leaked, and it was a, it was a rain had leaked, and there was an old brown stain all the way down the section of carpet. And she says, and matter of fact, there's the blood of Jesus. I said, oh, Lord. It always takes a nut to mess up a service, Amen. And I tried to recover from that and it never did get recovered. But I want to tell you something, friend. That's not the blood of Jesus. It's a rope. It's scarlet, and I think that's significant. Especially you Alabama fans, you probably try to fit that in somewhere. But I want to tell you this. It was, it, was, it was a reminder that she was saved and under the blood. And it was a reminder, it pictured that this new believer placed her Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the penalty of sin and hell was diverted. And the wall stood in that place. And she stood in that place. And folks, it marked, look at verse 18. Look at it. It says, Behold, when we come into the land that thou shalt bind the line of scarlet thread in the window which thou hast let us down, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's Household, home unto thee. I said, I'm going to give you a promise. We're going to come and we're going. these walls are going to come down. Maybe they didn't even know it, the spies. But I guarantee you, every time they passed around those walls, they saw that rope of scarlet that those men had been lowered down to. And when the walls came tumbling down, wham, right there, that was restored. And they were spared. The same thing happened in Exodus chapter 12 when the Passover. The death angel came down. But when he saw the blood on the lintels of the door who represented the lintels of their heart, the death angel passed away. Listen, I want to tell you something. Death's coming to all of us. Now, this ought to be a great time to witness. I don't want to make, take advantage of anything, but I want to tell you something, folks. People are thinking about dying. Subliminally, subconsciously, they're thinking maybe this preacher God's word is right. We're not going to live forever in America. No matter how many uh, medications you take, you're not going to live forever. I think some of those medications might kill you. I'll tell you this, friend. They need to be under the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. The blood will never lose its power. and The blood is precious. And then not only did she get a new reality, a new life, God spared her, her and her family, but she got some new relatives. She got some new relatives. Now this is amazing to me. In Joshua chapter 6, look at it, verse 25. Joshua chapter 6, verse 25. The Bible says, And Joshua saved Rahab the heart of the alive. Amen. And her father's household and all that she had and dwelled in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So she was spared, but she was spared to enter in with them. And folks, I want you to know, and you know it clearly, but I want to tell you something. She was transformed from a sinner to a saint. It's Saint Rahab. She was a saint. They're no longer under the curse of God. They've become children of God. And folks, um, there's a heavenly place waiting but the point is, the rest of Ahab, Rahab's neighbors died in the war, but Rahab lived to go to a wedding. 
One of these days, you and I are going to be deserve punishment and death, but we're going to be the honored guest at a wedding. And when she got saved, she became part of a new family. She got a, she got a new family. She got new relatives, but she got a new reputation. Turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, and I'll close. Matthew 1, 5. This is the only time in the Bible that she's not called a harlot. And it happens to be in the lineage of Jesus. She married, who did she marry? Boaz. And she became the great, great grandparent of who? David. And there's a lineage that led to Jesus, the lineage of David. Uh, the ancestral line that none of us can stand to read at the first of every uh, uh, Matthew, you know. But look at it, Matthew 1, 5. Y'all there? I'm glad you are, I'm getting there. It says, and Simon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed and of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David, the king of David, and king begat Solomon, and her and had been the wife of Uriah. And it goes on to say, Thank God that all these begots led to Jesus. Folks, the harlot became a relative and a parent and a grandparent in the lineage of Jesus. God took her from the gutter of life and made her eternally famous. He gives this to every trusting sinner. It's a divine plan. What the Lord did for Rahab, he can do for you. Folks, I want to tell you something. I'm joint heir with Jesus. I'm heirs to the kingdom of God. I'm in the family of God. I didn't deserve it. I never made reservations for it. God saved me. How many years ago was that? A bunch of years ago. A long time ago. 51 years ago, I got saved. I, got sa I should have celebrated 50. My goodness, I forgot it. Listen, I got saved as a little 11-and-a-half-year-old 11, 11 kid on the third row of, of a Baptist church on a Sunday night after the preacher scared me to death, preached on hell for 45 minutes. I got saved. But I didn't just get a ticket to heaven to miss hell. I became a child of the king. I joined air with Jesus. Folks, listen. By grace are you saved, but by grace are you brought into the abundancy of life. And you can become a child of the king. And you can have your prayers answered. And you can show other people Jesus. And you can have the abundant life if you'll only believe. So let me ask you this question. My time's way past. Are you saved? And if you're saved, you can look back to a certain time. You might not remember the date. Miss Lois, but you can remember the place. Amen? That's your testimony. You remember that time. And I'll tell you how, what marks it. There's a change. Now, at 11 years old, I didn't give up liquor. I didn't give up smoking and doping and running around on my wife because I was 11 years old. I was a pretty good kid because my mama made me be a pretty good kid. But I'd have bust hell wide open just as much as a harlot. He gloriously saved me just as much as he would a vilest murder in Decatur, Georgia. And since then, I have been blessed. 
to be a child of the king. And it all started 51 years ago today. And Brother Darrell was getting life, and Brother Allen, you was getting life physically. <laughs> I was getting life spiritually. I'm glad you reminded me. I didn't even didn't think about it. I need to mark it down and shoot some fireworks off or something. Saved. Are you saved? Amen. And then do you have such a vibrant testimony that you melt other people's heart with your love and consistency and faith and fervor? Or are you just straddling a little offense? Just making a little religious payday just going through the motions, look like death warmed over and a mule looking at a new gate and your mother-in-law's come in to live for four months with you and you're isolated and quarantined while she's doing it. No, we ought to be happy people. We ought to be joyful people. We ought to be rejoicing people. We ought to be confident people and we ought to be thankful people that God has saved us. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, dear God for just being able to have church. I want to thank you for the day I got saved. I want to thank you for health to be here today and feeling so good. I feel guilty. I feel so good. I just feel good. I feel energetic. The reason I had my son preach tonight, I thought I'd be dragging after that trip, teaching seven hours at a retreat and driving seven hours. God, I feel good. I feel good because I'm saved. I'd always feel good, but I know I'm saved. And you bless me so much. And Lord, I'm sure I'm saved. And that makes me just want to live for you and want, me to, want to do some work for God and some loving for God. And Lord, thank you for birthing me into your lineage, birthing me into your family, birthing me into your body. And God, may we yield our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is our reasonable service. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm glad I covered that whole chapter because that whole chapter speaks of the miracle of Rahab. The miracle not only of Rahab, but of salvation. Let me ask you a question. Are you really saved? I'm not trying to get you to doubt, but if you're doubting it, you're in trouble. You need to realize, are you really saved? And folks, the change in your life tells people you're saved. The love of your life tells people that you're saved. Your burden for the lost tells people you're saved. You say, preacher, I know for sure that I am and I can go back to that time or place that I was born into the kingdom of God and I'm so thankful. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that? All over this place. How many glad you saved? Say amen. You could be going to hell today with all this virus going around, all this stuff. You could really be scared of dying because you was lost. But you're saved. How many say, Preacher, I could not raise my hand in surety and blessed assurance that I'm saved. You might be the most outstanding member of this church. Listen to Brother Randy's testimony. Listen to Brother Darrell's testimony sometime. You'll find out a lot of times church members need to get saved. Amen, Brother Randy? And you'd say, Preacher, I'm not really saved, but I want to be, and I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? You're not saved, but you'd like to be. Anyone? Real quick, I know we're down in attendance, but there's probably somebody here lost. There's probably somebody here lost. And I know there's somebody listening by way of internet lost or going to be listening. 
I have confidence in that. People listen to all kinds of stuff that are lost. How many say, preacher, I'm saved, but I know somebody that's not. And I want such a fervent testimony that God uses me to melt their heart. I know it's going to be the Holy Ghost. I know it's going to be the Word of God. But I mean, you can be a testimony that will open their eyes. And you say, preacher, I want to be that kind of testimony. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up for someone in particular? All over this place. All over this place. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the radical change in Rahab's life. May we, dear God, be so in love with you that the world knows that we belong to you is our prayer this morning. Use us to reach somebody we thought was way too gone, way too wicked, way too apathetic, maybe a brother, sister, aunt, uncle, daddy, mama, relative, workmate. God, if you can save Rahab, you can save anybody. So God, use our testimony. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name.